buckle your seatbelts, okay? Like, let's <laughs> let's get this thing rocking and rolling. All right. Hey, Sydney, we have, We're to ready. Redo, we have to redo it sometime because he does it so loud, the mic, like, cracks out and goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, listen, however you do it, I'm just proud to be here. So don't, 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 don't worry about that. All right. <clears throat> Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Agency Nation podcast. Now, before we get started, please help me welcome. He is the one who is actually six foot three, a ruggedly handsome insurance evangelist and owner of I Protect Insurance and Financial Services from Huntsville, Alabama. Please help me welcome Mr. Scott Howell. Sydney, first and foremost, let me say how excited I am to be here today, how blessed I am to be here today, and how grateful I am that you would actually have us on the Agency Nation podcast. It, it means a lot, and to me personally, it probably means uh, – there, there probably is a little bit of feeling on my part that we have made it a little bit now that, that, you know, now that we're able to be on your podcast. This is very special – for both of us, and I'm excited and proud to be here today. Thank you for having us. Well, I am. Uh, I'm very excited to have you guys too. And I, I have a uh, a special intro for Bradley as well. But I, I don't know if I'm going to do it as well as you are. I almost want you to do oh, no. it like, like you know, like carry the. Please, I'll be happy to do it if you'd like for me to. I, I do it. I do it every week, so I might as well do this one if you want me to. I would absolutely love it if you could intro him on the, that would be so epic. I'm okay. all ears. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore, parade first team, all American rivals, five star recruit from Mobile, Alabama. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a fantastic insurance agent and my friend. Please welcome, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, guys. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> Man, we we are fans super tabulous today. Thank, thank you for joining us. I know you're on the road to uh, Nashville, Tennessee right now, but thanks for, for jumping on the call. Absolutely. I was more than happy to be be asked to be on here today. It really means a lot to me. Well, I uh, I have got a couple, hopefully not uh, not too tough questions for you guys today, but I'm going to throw some easy ones your way first. And the reason being, I feel like a lot of people uh, have listened to your podcast and know the amazing work that you guys do to to share and spread collaboration within the insurance industry. But, and maybe it's because I haven't listened to the earlier episodes. I feel like you guys never get to share your story. So I wanted to, to start there and ask, how did you guys get into the insurance industry? Tell me a bit about, about you. Bradley, you want me to go John, first? Or go you first? Like to? Go ahead, it it doesn't matter. Uh, so I, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and tell my story first. Uh, went in the Marine Corps out of college in 1995. Uh, got to do some really cool stuff in the Marine Corps. Was stationed in London with an anti-terrorism security forces unit for two years. And then I was uh, in the infantry, which is the real Marine Corps. You know, that's the 
that's the stuff you see on all the movies is is the real infantry unit. I think my unit of uh, 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines out of San Clemente, California, has been in Iraq and Afghanistan about 10 or 15 times in the last 10 or 15 years. Um, so I was very fortunate there to also serve with some amazing people. Um, my commanding officer, Marty Wetterauer, say that three times fast, uh, was the commanding, was the commanding officer that took down the statue of Saddam Hussein in Iraq. He is also featured in the movie, um, it's a movie with Owen Wilson. He was the 81 millimeter mortar platoon leader that rescued Scott O'Grady out of Serbia. Uh, I believe it was Serbia. Serbia. So oh I was fortunate to to get to serve with some storybook guys there. Uh, one of my very dear friends, Jamie Kettler, probably saved about 2,000 lives uh, on a he had taken over security on a base in Iraq and. He tells the story on a Facebook feed that I did with him, but basically he takes it over one day, pisses everybody off because he makes everybody move the vehicles away from the building, and the very next day uh, a, a, a terrorist drives a water truck, you know, 150 feet, 100 feet from the building, and it blows up, and had, had they had the same uh, security measures in place, that they had the day before, there countless people would have died. Countless people. Oh my so, gosh. Um, you know, I was just very fortunate to get to serve with, you know, a lot of guys that they will, you know, have already done movies about and written books about and that kind of good stuff. But, you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I had a general business degree, marketing and management degree from a small liberal arts college in Birmingham called Birmingham Southern. And I was still pushing all that away and um, ended up kind of, I fell, I, well, I started in a, in a sales position with a company out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama called Randall Publishing. Uh, since that time, they've changed their name. I think it's now called Randall Riley or Riley Publishing. But that's where I cut my teeth in sales, and by far was the best sales training I've ever ha- I've ever gotten. Just because it was kind of a sink or swim mentality, and and dialing for dollars, and you know doing all the things that you really have to do in the insurance business to be successful. I mean, there's this this is a very very simple business. Uh, I think a lot of times we make it more complicated than it is. You've got to bring in new customers. You've got to write new business. You got to keep butts in the seats every day. Make sure that, you know, and Bradley can has a story about this that, that he likes to tell, but you got to keep that Ferris wheel full of butts because whether they buy from you or they don't buy from you, they're getting off the Ferris wheel at some time. Mm-hmm. And when they get off the Ferris wheel, you got to have somebody else put on the Ferris wheel. So you got to write new business and then you got to keep the business you got. And if you can do those two things, if you can write new business and you can keep the business you got, you're going to be wildly successful in this in this industry. Yeah. Well, hey, before I ask Bradley the same question, I just want to tell you uh-huh. because I have family in the military. My uh, uncle uh-huh. was in the Navy for 20 years and my cousin uh, was over in Germany. He went into the army. Thank you for your service because well, that does I, mean a I lot. I really appreciate, I really appreciate you saying that. 
you know, I have people tell me that from time to time. And, you know, it was a good thing for me. I had a lot of growing up to do. I was still very immature, and I think that helped me uh, in life. I think just the structure of being in the Marine Corps probably helped me a lot. Made a lot of great friends. But the one sacrifice I do feel like I made was versus a lot of my peers and a lot of people that I knew is I gave up four years of getting a head start on whatever career I chose, you know, to be in the military. Because you've got four years of catching up to do after you do that. So that was the one sacrifice I really felt like I did make while I was in there. But I do appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, um, it's definitely not something that anyone should take for granted. And, uh, and it, it's, we, I really appreciate, appreciate your service. And I know, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well. So, well, Bradley, thank you. thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, man. Bradley, I'm going to hit you with the same question. What is your story, man? You came out nowhere like a freaking lightning bolt it was like one day i didn't know who bradley flowers was and the next day i was like bradley flowers bradley flowers bradley flowers like everywhere i'm like man who is this guy uh so tell me your story man what what's the deal you know you you're about the fourth person that said that to me in the last few days and uh but you know i've been at it for a while you know i was doing video three years ago you know it just it just it it just takes that long before everything kind of pops, you know. And then of course the the podcast kind of helped accelerate, you know, a lot of that. Um, but yeah, I, I actually I, I had a joke lined up where I was going to tell you I responded to a bulk LinkedIn message, but I, I, that's not how I got into business. Um, but uh, basically, uh, in two thousand and ten ish. I was actually working at a cell phone store, uh, not necessarily doing the duties of a manager, but I wasn't the manager. And um, a friend of mine who was selling life insurance and, and the product we were selling, the, the, the majority of the listeners won't even know what it is. It's a company called Southern Link, which were like Nextel beat beat radios, but, but they were the competition. And it was a terrible, terrible product. Um, the, the area we were selling it, the service was terrible and we were selling a lot of them. And, uh, a friend of mine who worked for a life insurance only company, uh, came by the office and was like, dude, if you could sell this, you could sell insurance. And I was actually, you know, we interview a lot of people on the podcast, Sydney, that they, they always say, well, i never, you know, I was 13 years old. I never said I was going to be an insurance, but I was actually, when I was 16 years old, I told my dad I wanted to sell insurance. Oh and my gosh. The re- the, but the reason I did that was is all of the people at the golf course who played the most golf were insurance agents. <laughs> and so, um, and now I almost never play golf. I play twice a year. But, um, but anyway, uh, so fast forward, my buddy came by the office and he was like, man, you ought to get into the insurance industry. And um, I thought about it for a day or two, and my dad actually kind of pushed me into to pursuing that. So I quit my job and went to work for a life insurance company. And literally, I remember this moment, uh, first day, of course, you're, you're, you're on the road. You're not in an office. You know, you're all on the road, you know, in-home appointments. And, and the guy that was training me, I looked at him in the eye and said, 
So tell me what a full life policy is. That's how green I was. And, um, and then really, you know, 2013 or 2014 was when things really started kind of clicking and um, started advertising and marketing on social media, realized I kind of had a knack for it. And that's kind of been my thing, you know, ever since, even though I was really in, in the insurance industry first, I've sort of, since 2014, 2015, sort of considered myself a marketer first. It just so happens to sell insurance. My favorite part of your story is that you've been doing it for so long and that, and, you know, and these are your words, like you're just starting to see it really um, peak. That doesn't mean you may not have seen some results from it earlier, but it's starting to catch some fire now. And that's, I think a lot of people get into it and say, you know, I want it to, to work tomorrow or next week or next month even. Right. And uh, it's, you're really, the social media isn't a, it's not a billboard, right? It's a whole nother world. It's an ecosystem and you have to learn it's how to. living, breathing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a living, yeah. breathing thing. And exactly. yeah, I had an agent. I, I do some like unofficial coaching, not really coaching, but I have a group of about, you know, 10 to 15 agents that I talk to on a weekly basis that just reach out and ask for tips or whatever. And, and usually it's centered around Instagram because that's kind of, to me, that's kind of the most underutilized platform for insurance agents. So a lot of them are asking about that. And, and I had mm -hmm. one reach out to me a few weeks ago and, and she said, you know, nothing's working. I'm like, we've been doing this two months. This is a, this is a year, it's a year plan. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a long-term process, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So why the podcast specifically? Because you mentioned videos, you've, you know, Instagram, other social media platforms. I find it super interesting that you guys have been doing this for a year and I mean, publishing really consistently. I think a lot of people start and they get into it, realize, oh my gosh, this is to create content that consistently is a tough thing and then end up falling off the bad bandwagon three or four months later. So what, how did you guys meet? What was the, like, was it just a crazy, like, drunken night in uh, Huntsville, Alabama? Like, what was the, what's the story behind this podcast? You want me to take it, Scott? Right. Yeah, you can. That's fine. So, um, to, to, to summarize the story, uh, Scott and I met on Snapchat. You are kidding me. And, nope. so, so, and I don't know the exact logistics of it, but basically um, I, I reached out to Gary V in 2014, 2015, early Snapchat. And I was doing some marketing on Snapchat and getting some business from it, actually. And, uh, he, and I said, man, you know, what can I do? And he said, reach out to top industry publications and asked to write a blog post on your Snapchat strategy. Um, I did, and that was, you know, early Snapchat. So like you could message Gary Vee and he would message you back, right? And mm -hmm. so I did that. I reached out to lifehealthpro.com, which is now thinkadvisor.com, um, wrote a blog post for them. Um, that got seen by the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal called me. Wall Street Journal interviewed me on Snapchat on how to use it for marketing. Uh, that, that article was never published. It's a little while later. A little while later, they went, they went public, Snapchat did, and, and all the focus was taken off how to utilize the platform and then how, is, how does their stock, their stock suck, basically. So, wow. But during that call, I asked 
the person interviewing me, I said, how many other insurance agents, financial advisors do you have that you know of using this? And she, she said, well, we have a few, but as far as we're concerned, you're the number one insurance agent on Snapchat. And I said, you're going to have to hold on just a minute. Let me go to my social media profiles and update my bios. Uh, number one insurance agent on Snapchat. Um, and uh, I think Scott saw that and added me. I don't know. Maybe he can add some context to that. But basically, he interviewed me, or he, he added me on Snapchat. We Snapchatted back and forth for probably six months, just, you know, talking shop or whatever. And he was hilarious on there. He was way better on there than I was. And um, he uh, happened to be down in Gulf Shores, the beach down here, not too far from where I am, and, and hit me up and said, hey, let's, let's chat. Let's, you know, get together and do something. So he came walking in my door with this big gorilla pod with a camera on it. So that's how I met Scott Howell. And, uh, and we <laughs> sat down awesome. We sat down and just chatted about marketing for 45 minutes. And when he turned the camera off, literally the first thing he said was, you want to do a podcast? And um, it's something I always wanted to do. But like most people, you really don't know how to do it, you know? And so mm-hmm. so we, we started the podcast. Um, it was mainly for fun. You know, the, the, the conversation we had was, um, do we, is it consumer-facing or is it industry-facing? You know, obviously, a short-term money decision would be consumer-facing, but, but then we would probably get sued by Ambien because we'd come up with a better product for people to sleep. Um, so we decided <laughs> to do industry-facing. Um, we did the industry-facing, you know, pod, we did a few episodes, and I was, it was really uncomfortable because I was like, I really don't know why I'm doing this. And then in December of, la- December of 17, um, and I don't even know if Scott knows this, but someone uh, – posted a link to the podcast in a private mastermind group that I'm in with nothing but insurance agents and gave, and gave a bunch of compliments on it, not even realizing that I was in the group. So kind of, kind of that, that moment was, was when I was sort of like, okay, you know, we've got to step this up and people are actually listening to this, you know? It's so interesting that you went industry first instead of consumer Mm -hmm. first. Um, I think a lot of people, when they go, when they, when they start getting into marketing, they think, what's the fastest way that I can get to the consumer? And a podcast that's industry facing is not the fastest way to get to the consumer. But when you think about it, there's really two types of people that any business owner wants to meet people who give them money and people who help show them how to get more money. And you guys are kind of going roundabout way getting to the consumer by saying, okay, we're going to meet people who will give us more knowledge to get to more consumers. And exactly. that, guys, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That is what I call an unintended consequence because at the time when we started this whole thing, I think it took us both about, you know, we're not that smart, at least I'm not. And I think it took me, give or take um, a few episodes, maybe 10 or 15, 20 episodes to realize, regardless of whether we ever monetize this or not, the, the, the knowledge that we're gaining from meeting the people that we're able to have on the podcast is priceless. It's absolutely mm-hmm. priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, so to your point, that's, you're exactly right. I think that's, that was the right play. And, 
I wish we could sit here and say we were so smart to sit around and talk about that to begin with, but that's just not the case. So well, for me would, too, Sydney, what it's done yeah. is it's gotten some speaking engagements. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, even on a small scale um, at real estate offices, it's it's done two things. It's sort of legitimized. It's legitimized, but also given me the confidence to do that. And so if you want to look at it at like a one-to-one, like on a minute level of how to, how to monetize, like it's got, you know, it's done that, you know what I mean? Not to mention agent 2021 and other things, you know what I mean? But it's, it's that, that's another, you know, kind of avenue. But, you know, we went up to uh, Stafford Springs, Connecticut and, and spent two days with Chris Paradiso, which came from the podcast and, and, you know, during that conversation, during that, one of those conversations, we were on the phone with, I'm not going to say any names, but a, a freaking giant in the insurance industry. And he looked at us both dead in the eyes and said, a year from now, you guys are going to say this podcast is the best thing you've ever done. Wow. And it was kind of, kind of at that moment that I was like, okay, this is, he's right. You know, we need to kind of put the throttle down and throw gasoline on the fire. Mm. Yeah. So would you guys recommend, I mean, to, to the people listening right there, we have a lot of agents who are looking to, to improve their marketing, to improve their reach. Do you think a podcast works for any agent? Like what, Mm. what, you know what I mean? Like what, is that something they should really seriously consider? Is it only for some people? Um, how, like what's what's your take on who should do podcasting and and whether it's the right fit and and you know whether they'll get the results they want like what's your take on that well i let, i'm I'm gonna go ahead and answer that first. Bradley may have a very different opinion of this because we've never actually discussed this with each other before. My answer to that question is no. I don't think that every agent should run out and do a podcast, and it has nothing to do at all with them competing with our podcast that to me is completely irrelevant i don't care if every single agent in the industry decides to do a podcast i think the first thing that i would do if i was considering doing a podcast is and i and i I have given this some thought before um i think that if you've only been in the industry for six months a year maybe two years something like that and you've only got, you know, half a million dollars in premium and you really need to be selling insurance every day, all day. And you don't have, you know, $5,000 in your checking account. And, you know, does that person really need to be doing a podcast? In my opinion, probably not because there's a lot of work that goes into it. I am extremely blessed that Bradley handles all the scheduling part of it. But it is a lot of work and it is a lot of um, there's just there's just a lot to it and there is expense to it. It's not just, you know, like I said earlier, turn your computer on and do a podcast. So um, for those people, I would say no. I think the other thing that I would tell insurance agents, male or female, is at some point in your life, no matter what you're doing or no matter what you want to do in your life, You have to have the self-awareness, and that's a word I use about twice a day, self-awareness to understand what you're good at and what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. And I think think there is a talent element to podcasting. I think that that some people are 
probably more aligned with in terms of their talent with 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 doing a podcast and 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 having that grow organically uh because of the talent that they have at doing it um mm-hmm. and, and I think being a good storyteller helps with that um whether I am or not I've always fancied myself a pretty good storyteller um I think that um there there's probably it's a little bit like cooking chili there there's just a lot of components that go into it um a lot of things that go into it and it's kind of like coming up with a hit tv show you know how many pilots how many pilots are out there that get put on television stations that don't ever make it that have that have great you know great writers great staff great actors but for whatever reason it just doesn't have that it factor and i don't know exactly what that it factor is but i think there are a lot of components that go into that a lot of ingredients that go into that and so I would say that somebody needs to look themselves in the mirror and say, do I, do I have the talent to be able to do this, to, to, to get hundreds of thousands of people or thousands of people to listen to what I have to say every week from strictly a talent standpoint? And, and, then, and then the third thing is picking a topic that people actually want to listen to. And one of the things I'm going to challenge Bradley with this, this year is, and we've had some brief conversations about this, but you know, when you look at our numbers in terms of our listenership and who, how many downloads per month we get, you know, all that good stuff, you know, I think there's probably a correlation to the, 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 the content, the message that we're putting out that particular week and, and agents, you know, craving that knowledge, whatever that is, whatever that subject matter is. Um, and I think there's there's probably part of that listenership drive is also relative to the quality of the guests that you have on, you know, from 100%. their tonality, how they speak, are they a storyteller, or do they have high energy, are they just sitting there, you know, monotone, oh, well, you know, we do this, this, this. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of components that go into that, and I don't think it's for everybody. But I do think the first thing you have to do is, is look yourself in the mirror and say, am I built for podcasting or do I need to be doing something else? Mm. Bradley, Bradley, I don't know you how may, you Bradley may completely disagree with what I just said. I have no idea. I, I agree with part of it. Um, I think that here, here's why I agree with part of it. And not all of it, because I think if a year and a half ago you would have at Bradley Flowers looked himself in the mirror and said, am I good enough to podcast? The answer would have been no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a marketer, business person, personal brand, whatever you are, I think you need to try a little bit of everything. There's a road, Sydney, uh, between uh, Baldwin County and Mobile, and Mobile County uh, in Alabama, it's the causeway, and it goes across the Mobile Bay. And it's one of the prettiest drives uh, at certain times of the day that you can possibly imagine. And um, you should absolutely elevate 20, 2019. We're two hours from New Orleans. Come down here and see us. But anyway. Um, Done. That sounds awesome. I'm on that. I'm on that drive. This is early Periscope days. Do you remember the early Periscope days when you could oh pull up the heat gosh. map and yep. you could pull up the heat map and see who was live? And there'd be like three people in the entire United States live, right? And, <laughs> and so you would jump on and you have 400 people watching you. And so I'm like, I'm watching like 
you know, these different talking heads do periscopes. I'm like, man, I should do that for insurance. You know, I should, you know. And so I went live, and I was I was holding the phone up at the windshield. Um, I may or may not have been driving, and and I was I was live streaming the sunset. And somebody called me a loser, and I what? immediately turned it off. I immediately turned it off, and uh, and and I was and I didn't I did not put my face on camera again for a year. Wow. And had I kept at it, I could have been not only the number one periscope insurance periscope personality, I would have been the only one. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, during that year, if you said, Hey, uh, a year from now you're going to do, I did a daily video series for about a year called daily insurance tip. I did a video every single day. And, um, if you'd have told me, Hey, a year from now, you're going to do that. I'd have said, you're freaking crazy. And, but once I did it, I, I then realized, hey, because I was always kind of, I liked writing blog posts because um, I guess I was kind of a turtle inside my shell, you know, I don't know, but I always like writing blog posts, but I never thought I'd do video. Once I did video, I'm like, oh, I actually, it's easier for me and, and it's faster to convey a point through a video than it is in written word, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm actually decent, decent at video, you know? So I, I, you know, so like with podcasting, I would have never thought that, that I did, that, that I would enjoy or, or people would tell me I'm good at podcasting. I still don't think that I'm that good because I think our guests are the stars, not us. But, um, I never would have thought in a million years I'd do that. So my, my answer would be no, it's not for everybody, but yes, everybody needs to try it. Yes, 110%. And it's reps too, right? Um, it's it's getting Absolutely. them in. I mean, I look back at some of the videos I created, um, you know, what, three or four years ago. I was using a lighting kit that I built from Home Depot for 100 bucks. my iPhone. I've, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, and like a $10 Amazon stand, and it was, mm -hmm. I mean, so cheesy, so over the top. The music was too loud. You couldn't even hear what I was saying. Um, not that you would want to, cause it was just, you know, I was rambling and you know, they're just terrible. And then, you know, you fast forward and it's like, wow. But the only way I could get to where I am today is if I had screwed it up a bunch of times. So you, you have to do that. You know, you have to get those reps in, you have to, um, everybody starts somewhere, you know? So it's, it is what it is. So, all right. So hey, I got look, one our last first two podcast episodes, our first two yeah. podcast episodes. We scrapped them and redid them like a like six months later because they were so bad. No way. Really? Yeah. We connection the entire connection was horrible. Yeah. What? Yep, it was, wow. Yep. Well, I do have one more question, and I feel like very honored and also so lucky to be doing this podcast like right at this specific moment in time because Bradley just got some really big news, which is that he is – going full-time marketer. Am I right on that? Not necessarily. No. Not necessarily. Wait and see. Wait and see. Wait and see. Yep. Okay. Okay. Wait so should I not like, <laughs> did I just spill the yeah, beans? I, I, you and I, you and I are in the same boat, Sydney. Neither one of us know exactly what he's about to do with his life. <laughs> Okay, well, I was going to ask what the future for the Insurance Guys podcast holds, uh, you know, pending that news. But uh, I guess the news is still pending, so we have to wait. 
No, we're we're not uh, stopping this podcast for five thousand. You know, we're going to do five thousand episodes, um, and I don't awesome. foresee us ever stopping doing this podcast because, you know, I go back to those ingredients we talked about earlier. You know, yeah. I love Bradley Flowers more than anything in this world, and mm-hmm. he and I are not only podcast partners, but we're also very good friends. Uh, about an hour before this particular podcast that we're on right now came on, I was on the phone with him venting about some of my frustrations with my agency. And so I love, I love going down to Mobile. I feel like Mobile is kind of a second home to me at this point because I've been down there so much with the podcast. And I, I can't see, um, I can't see us just walking away from the podcast anytime soon, regardless of what occupation or, or uh, job that Bradley, you know, gets into in the upcoming months. But I think that our story, our story, meaning mine and Bradley's for the next two to three years will be so compelling, so compelling uh, on literally a week to week basis that we could turn the podcast into an episode of general hospital. Um, you know, <laughs> not only with what, what all he's got going on right now in his life and his career, but then I'm making the transition from being a captive agent with nationwide insurance over to the independent channel, uh, with, um, you know, nationwide letting go all of their captive agency force across the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And so that transition in and of itself is a very compelling transition to have a podcast like this with, because in real time I can tell people how great it is, or I can tell people how crappy it is. Mm-hmm. And so I don't foresee us, you know, for a long time, uh, ever ending the podcast just simply because at least for the next two or three years, our story is going to be so compelling. Hmm. Well, well not you know, the, the stupidest question I got, uh, after the, uh, the change I made this week was, Oh, so you're ending the podcast. And I posted on Instagram stories. I said that I would cut off my pinky toe before I stopped. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and I actually feel more, st- I actually, that was, that was, different from what I had originally said and I was like no that's too extreme let's just do pinky toe um but uh no we're, we're not going anywhere if anything Sydney we had a conversation about two weeks ago that we need to double down and ramp up the content um because what we're doing is working so we're actually uh going to start uh, so we're always going to have the insurance guys podcast episodes but we're going to start um on Fridays we're going to call it uh full coverage Friday so uh, if, if anything, you know, we're not slowing down. We're going to be ramping up. Awesome. No, I, um, I've been listening to your guys' podcast probably for the last uh, four or five months now, I think, was yeah. whenever, I, whenever I started seeing that Bradley Flowers lightning bolt that I was telling you about. Um, <laughs> and you, your chemistry is really very unique. I mean, I, I have to tell you, like, to, to Scott's point before about there being a certain element of talent involved in 
you know, running a podcast, I, I think you guys really have something special. And um, and so the it's biggest well, compliment of, you can give me is if these two rednecks from Alabama can do it, we can do it too. <laughs> Hey guys, I hope that you gained as much perspective as I did from this conversation with two podcasting giants in the insurance industry on whether you, as an insurance agent, should start a podcast. Tune in later this week for a -a one-of-a-kind podcast with a -a one-of-a-kind person, Danny Kimball, on the challenge of creating micro-video content for your agency. Till then, guys, keep crushing.